As Canadians, as Albertans, myself as a Saskatchewan person, we're tired of no all talk and no action. We're tired of people dividing us between economy and the environment. We know we can do better. We're selling Canada at a discount and it has to stop. We demand action. We want to get our industry back on its feet. We're losing $100 million a day because of our lack of uh, tidewater and it's time to, uh, to focus on this industry. It's, a, it's the biggest industry in Canada. Indeed it is. No love for the Prime Minister who uh, went to Calgary today to meet with uh, business leaders. He was making a housing announcement and, of course, was met by a huge group of protesters. More than a thousand. It was a big, big crowd. And uh, they're fed up. They're fed up with being kicked around by Ottawa. The oil patch has been absolutely been decimated by, you know, Trudeau's anti-oil policies. And with oil prices bottoming out, you know, you've got companies every single day you pick up a newspaper, companies are leaving. Unemployment rates are soaring. I mean, I can't believe I li- when I lived there, Calgary was booming, booming. And that we are looking at it the way it is today. I mean, it's it's heartbreaking. And those, I think, looking for relief in Wednesday's fall update, I mean, were completely abandoned, left disappointed because there was literally nothing other than some tax write-offs if companies want to buy equipment. What what are they going to buy equipment for? Like, the companies are leaving. Yeah, let's go buy some equipment to get oil out of the ground that we can't get to market. Good idea. But there was nothing to actually address the oil price crisis. Nothing. So naturally, Alberta's pissed. I don't blame them one bit. And when asked about the federal response to this, Trudeau refused to answer any questions, refused to talk about maybe helping buy rail cars to get oil to market. He did admit it's a crisis, but then he turns around and blames Stephen Harper. That talking point is done. It's a stupid talking point. Move on. Let's bring Rob Breckenridge into this uh, conversation. Of course, he does afternoons on Global News Radio 77 Calgary. He was, of course, uh, watching this all unfold. He joins us now. Rob, there was uh, quite a lot of noise greeting Mr. Trudeau. It was far from the visit that he had in the summer. Not very friendly. No, it was it was quite something because you had, and, and it had been planned for days, uh, this pro-pipeline rally, uh, a couple of different uh, grassroots groups uh, here in Calgary, you know, put the word out that the prime minister is going to be here. He's going to be at this uh, hotel downtown. Let's let's get out and you know make our voices heard. And uh, it turns out, I mean, it's um, we don't have an exact count at this point, but it sounds like there was uh, at least a thousand people yeah. uh, at this pro-pipeline rally downtown. He also had a couple hundred angry uh, postal workers, uh, Cup W members, were there to to make their voices heard. Obviously, it's kind of a a more developing story with the back-to-work legislation that's coming, but uh, you, had, you had those people, I guess, um, who, uh, I mean, at least they had in common the fact that they were uh, all upset with the prime minister, but you had dueling protests today. One uh, was was certainly much larger. Yeah, but, the, you know, it's interesting because Calgary, you know, they, they, they tend to take a lot of kicks. They can take it. They kind of just uh, bear the brunt of, of all the hate across the country. But I think there's a turning point now where they just say, you know what, enough's enough. We need answers, and they're not getting them. And I don't think Mr. Trudeau gave them any answers today. Well, no, he didn't. And, and I mean, I, I don't know what, what people were necessarily expecting to, to hear from the prime minister today, but, uh, you know, a few people have pointed it out. That, I mean, the question was put to the prime minister whether he agrees that what's happening right now with the price differential uh, and the lack of pipeline capacity is a crisis. Uh, and, and he said, yeah, I, I do. I agree with that. Well, 
you know, I mean, he's not really acting as though there's a crisis. So there is that, that disconnect that, that exists there. I mean, uh, look, in fairness to the government, at least uh, sensibly anyway, they seem to be trying to, to live up to that federal court of appeal ruling to try to get the Trans Mountain Pipeline moving forward, and, and hopefully that works out. But in the meantime, especially with this price differential situation we're dealing with, what what are they proposing to do? The Alberta government, uh, you know, has been pressing the feds to uh, to take some steps to get – to get more rail capacity added. I mean, it's not an ideal way to ship oil, but it's at least one way to do it. And the federal government, for whatever reason, uh, seems resistant to that. So the question was asked of the prime minister many times today, in fact, at his availability, what are you planning to do to deal with this situation? It was just kind of a recap of, you know, things he's done in the past or, you know, the, the fiscal update yesterday. None of it really specifically addressed what they intend to do about this situation, which it really did not fill anybody here with, with any kind of confidence. No, I, I get that. I, and, you know, the, the action you could have taken yesterday, um, you know, which could have supported more rail cars, because I think that's what uh, Rachel Notley is asking, give us funding so at least we can buy more rail cars, but instead they give the money yeah. to the media. Well, <laughs> you know, like there's, there's that, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's a whole other issue in, the, in that, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting that you did have some, some industry-specific announcements yesterday, uh, like the media as an example, fisheries as yeah. an example, but really nothing specific Avalanches. Uh, to the oil and gas industry. And then for the prime minister to come here today and say, oh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a crisis. Well, that's odd. I mean, what, what was in that yesterday? Does that suggest that there's a crisis in these other industries and, and you're responding to those, but but not to this one? So, yeah, it, it, it is certainly frustrating in that sense. Is this the first time that he has actually admitted that it's a crisis? As far as I'm aware, I mean, it's, you know, it's a word that's been bandied about a lot out here lately. Maybe it was the first time he's, he's been directly asked. I, I don't think he would have gone out of his way to say it had the question not been asked directly to him. But, yeah, I, I think it's significant in the sense that, uh, you know, he, he could have said no. He could have said I wouldn't describe it that way. He, he chose to agree with the sentiment. So uh, if you're going to call it that, I mean, it's, it's fair to expect some kind of action to demonstrate uh, that, that you mean what you say. And if so, what, what are we seeing here? Look, you can certainly argue that, you know, for a wide variety of industries, and, and perhaps even including the oil and gas industry, that some of the announcements today about capital cost write-offs could be beneficial. But, well, let's stop Fair there. Enough. Like, what's but the point nothing. of buying equipment if the companies are all leaving? Like, if the, if the, if the oil is going to be locked in the ground, you can't ship it. Why, why would a company need to buy equipment, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, and that's a good question. It, it, and it doesn't help us deal with the here and now, the immediate yeah. situation we're dealing with. I mean, long term and certainly for some companies. I mean, not, not every company is being as directly uh, affected by this. And, and there are some companies who aren't really as directly exposed to this price differential at the moment. So it's having varying impacts across the board. And, and so certainly, yeah, there are some companies for whom uh, these these write-downs will, will have an immediate impact. And, and fine, that, that's, that's a positive. But in terms of being able to address the underlying issues, certainly the big one is uh, being able to move product. What are, what are we doing? And, and the answer seems to be we're just kind of hoping for the best. And so what happens next? I know Rachel Notley's got, I guess, meetings planned in you know Ottawa next week. But do you get the sense at all that Mr. True left Alberta today thinking, OK, we, we've got to do something. We've got to step in. I don't get that sense, uh, you know, unless unless I'm missing something. It was interesting that Rachel Notley had to, to rush off to Edmonton, so they didn't actually get to meet uh, today. As you say, I think they are going to meet next week in Ottawa. Things are really frayed between the two, and it, it's it's a very, I think, newsworthy development because there had been a real strong alliance yeah. between the 
the Premier and, and the Prime Minister. And Rachel Notley really put a lot of political capital into the notion that, look, we'll bring in uh, environmental policy mm-hmm. in Alberta. That's going to convince uh, the Prime Minister to say yes to pipelines. We'll get these pipelines built and everything's going to be great. Obviously, that strategy has, has not paid off. And far from an alliance, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of tension between the two right now. And I think that's exacerbated by, uh, you know, this, this rail car issue. So I'll be really curious to see how those meetings in Ottawa next week go. I mean, if she really wanted to stick it to him, she could say, you know what, take your cap and trade and, and you know, stuff it. And she could join, you know, the rest of the premiers across the country in, in really kind of signaling to Ottawa, you know what, we're done. You know, I don't know if she would go that way, but it is one option. Well, I mean, she kind of has. I mean, she she made it clear back, um, you know, some some months ago that um, you know she had no interest in being a part of the federal carbon tax plan. I mean, yeah. that's all well and good. It wouldn't be for another few years before that federal price would apply in Alberta, since for the moment we have Rachel Notley's own carbon price, and yeah. and that one isn't going away, at least not not now. So, yeah, I mean, she, well, she, she could, could she not dump it like the province of Ontario did. Well, she could dump her own carbon tax, yeah. and certainly there have been calls on, on her to do so, but um, so far they're they're resisting that, and basically they've said, well, yeah, I mean, in 2021 or whenever this takes effect in Alberta, we won't be a part of it, but uh, there aren't many people who expect that she'll be premier then anyway, so it could all be a big moot point. Yeah, but bottom line, the, the headlines just seem to be, you know, stacking up. Every single day you open the papers and either a company is going or oil is dropping even further. And, you know, to hear the the prime minister himself say, well, yes, there is a crisis. And then to have him walk away with nothing, to me, it just signals that they're not they're not going to do anything. Well, it doesn't appear as so. I mean, you know, as as, the prime minister tried to argue many times, you know, they're still committed to getting uh, Trans Mountain built. Obviously, what's going on with Keystone XL south of the border is a little bit out of their hands, but. Uh, sure. Okay. Fine. You know, we we want to get, see both of these projects move forward, and uh, you know, our hands are, are tied a little bit on some of them. But look, there there are a lot of things in the here and now that they're being asked directly to do, and so I mean, it's not entirely clear why they're saying no, and it's not entirely clear what else they have up their sleeve, which I mean, increasingly appears that uh, that it's very little. Well, we'll stay tuned, but um, I get the sense that Mr. Trudeau did not quite have the warm welcome he's accustomed to, uh, and I don't I don't blame Albertans one bit. Not one no, bit. And, and I don't know that he expected anything differently. So, I, I mean, at least you can argue that, that he came here. They, they did have an audience this afternoon with some oil executives. I'm sure uh, that was I don't too. know exactly what was discussed. I mean, hopefully it was productive, but... Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not holding my breath. Yeah. All right. We'll uh, keep an eye on this, but thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, you bet. Thanks. That is Rob Breckenridge joining us. You can listen to him, of course, on Afternoons in Global News Radio in Calgary. On point on Global News Radio.